This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Don on Career, Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. Hey, in case you haven't heard, we are back live in studio at 844-942-7866. So if you have a career or job search question, now is the time to call. Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We are so excited to speak with you. And of course, we have Dana and Dion in studio who make this show sound great every single week. And we want to hear from you. Switchers are the future of work. Are you ready to reinvent? 844-942-7866. And so today... I have a guest who I'm super excited about because she is not only a colleague of mine, but she is a host as well on Sirius XM 132. She hosts a show on Tuesday at noon called Help Wanted. And since May, which is coming up, and I cannot even believe I'm saying that, it, I don't know where this year is going, is is Mental Health Awareness Month, and, and I'm a licensed psychologist, and we know that the last year has caused so much additional stress, anxiety, and so many other feelings due to all of this stuff that has been going on in the world. I mean, certainly the pandemic, but there's also been racial injustice, isolation, Zoom fatigue, homeschooling, vaccine uncertainty. I mean, the list goes on and on. And Flex Jobs did a study of, of 3,500 people and found that 38% feel like they are more stressed than last year. And I would even venture to say it's higher than that. And obviously, all of these feelings are tied up into things that are happening at work. We know people feel like there's no boundary between work and home if you're working on online and digitally. And that's actually been great for some people, but for others, it hasn't been, depending on your situation. So, you know, people are worried about going back to the office now that things are reopening and they're stress about that and there's ambiguity and these things don't feel great. So today I want to talk a little bit about how these these things are impacting our work, solutions that you can engage if you're feeling some of these things related to the workplace or feeling some of the, the anxiety that's coming of, of what's to come in the second half of the year. And I'm so excited to have Dr. Jody Foster who will be joining me. And Jody Foster is an MD and MBA. She is the clinical professor of psychiatry and assistant dean for professionalism in the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania, chair of the Department of Psychiatry at Pennsylvania Hospital and chair of Penn Medicine Academy of master clinician. She also serves as my colleague and senior advisor to the Wharton Executive MBA program and author of the book, The Schmuck in My Office. And also, as I mentioned, hosts a show right here on Sirius XM 132 on Tuesdays at noon called Help Wanted. So Jody, I don't even know how you have time to be here. That was exhausting to listen to. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I feel I feel like, like, where do you have time to sleep and 
eat and, you know, just generally function. Those are a lot of job titles, and um, we're just so excited you're here. Well, thank you. I haven't seen you in a while, like maybe about a year. Yeah, yeah. haven't seen you since <laughs> the beginning of the pandemic, but we are now colleagues as one of your, your dozens yeah. of roles, which is very exciting. Um, although we haven't gotten to see, to see each other just yet, but we will at some point. But I'm excited you're here today, Judy, because one, you're awesome, but two... I think this is an important topic. And as a licensed psychologist, you know, mental health and, and kind of all the feelings that go along with, with stress in the workplace is an important topic in, in my world and I know in your world too. And oh, yeah. and we don't talk about it often on this show. We tend to go down the tactical path of, of you know, resumes and LinkedIn. And we certainly are happy to talk about that today if you've got a question on that. But while we're while we're kicking off, I, I think we need to really recognize recognize, Jody, how these things are impacting us. And I know there's a long list, but, you know, what are you seeing in your day to day as somebody who's who's out in the world in all of these positions? Yeah, well, so within the mental health field, in psychiatry specifically, we're seeing a tremendous increase in need, which unfortunately is not paired with a tremendous increase in access. And so while we've taken a lot of really great steps to make it easier to you know, connect with someone in the mental health field. There are a lot of digital platforms coming out. We developed one at 10, um, and, and there are a number of, of startup companies that are, are working on, on platforms to make it super easy to say, hey, I need help. I need help right now, or at least you know, now is what I'm thinking about and I want to connect. And, and all these new products are coming out, but um, practices are full. You know, it's not like all of a sudden tons of people graduated or became licensed to do the work. And so, um, you know, I'm really thrilled that more and more people are seeking mental health care uh, and overriding any any residual stigma that's still hanging around in terms of doing so. But I do have ongoing concerns about getting care to everyone who needs it. So we have to be pretty creative about, you know, what what care we offer to whom and really expand uh, the, the, the levels of offerings because not everybody needs, you know, the full shebang of, of, you know, intense psychotherapy and medication. So we have to develop these different levels so that, you know, whatever I need at the moment I can have access to. So that's the real challenge in psychiatry right now. Yeah, the, um, the connection of, of those two. And that had been a challenge before. I mean, I mean, absolutely. quite frankly, for people who aren't aware, so so Jody is an MD, a medical doctor, and that is that is what a psychiatrist is. And I'm a licensed um, psychologist, and that's a PhD. So the key differentiation there is the ability to prescribe meds. But even in the past decade, they've been given giving psychologists, so non-MDs, the ability to do that because there's just been a shortage, and um, yeah. specifically in certain areas, right? Right. Well, we also have the addition of, of uh, you know, a whole new army of nurse practitioners who have uh, medication uh, capability, which is fantastic. But again, it's just that the need, particularly the pandemic, has become so great um, that we really have to think about how to deliver not only enough care, but the right care to the right person. There are there are, this is where the concept of stepped care um, uh, offerings comes out, which is that, you know, there are some people who want support, but they don't want to talk to somebody. They just want to look at a video or, or read an article or do something like that. So being able to, to have a, you know, a curated, vetted group of, 
of uh, uh, publications and videos that people can look at to help themselves uh, in the moments that they need it is, is just some of the things that we can do to help increase access without necessarily, you know, um, uh, rolling out a million new providers. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel One Thirty Two. This is Dr. Dawn on careers, and if it's Thursday, we are live right now, taking all of your career and job search questions. So if you have been experiencing stress, you're worried about returning to the office, and if it will be safe, you're toggling about getting the vaccine and and the pressure of society. You know, these are things we're talking about today. Of course, we are open to any and all job search and career questions. So don't hesitate to give us a call at 844-942-7866. We are here for you every single Thursday at noon Eastern. And we are very excited today to have a fellow uh, host on the SiriusXM channel, Jody Foster, who is an MD and MBA and also author of the book, The Schmuck in My Office. So let's let's start out light, Jody. Let's let's kind of like make a pivot and let's not talk about the, you know, deep things that that people are experiencing right now. Let's let's kind of start off with what about just general stress? I think about yeah. your book, The Schmuck in My Office. Most of us who were in an office are now working at home. So what what yeah. is the new, what's the new, just the schmuck on Zoom? What, yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Just because we're in our offices doesn't mean that that behavior stops. And, and in fact, we are so stressed. And, you know, when people are, are under duress of any kind, they, it's harder to always put your best self forward. And so we're, I'm, I'm actually busier than ever in that particular realm because people are having a harder time kind of n- not popping the fuse. And it's, it has, you know, so many different etiologies for different people, but we, we are all just kind of not our best selves right now. And I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, as much as we may have always complained about our various routines, oh, our commute or this and People are missing those things now because those were the structures that kind of organized and put boundaries on our days, and they're gone. And when people don't have those defining principles, it's a very disorganizing thing. It really is. And and I also think, you know, I'm, I'm hearing relationships with coworkers. I mean, relationships across the board, but, but with coworkers, you know, you used to be able to kind of hash something out in, in the yeah. hallway or, you know, in the lunchroom or something. And now you can't do that. So it's kind of yeah. like the Zoom ends, the meeting ends. There's there's kind of leftover things that haven't been resolved and they don't get Absolutely. resolved. And that's Absolutely. stressful. It really is. And, and again, you know, we as people are uncomfortable handling these kinds of conflicts. And so, um, it was bad enough when we had all these miscommunications just based upon, you know, our texting and our emails and the reluctance of people to just pick up the phone and and say, you know, this, these emails aren't going anywhere. Let's talk. Or, as you mentioned, walk into the office and say, what's going on here? And now with this separation, it's so easy to just, you know, you know leave the meeting and then just be stuck stewing. Uh, and, and the impetus to, to pick up the phone or to follow through on any conflicts is, is much lower. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a different a different environment. Well, because I think it feels like, like if I pick up the phone and make a phone call and like I, I specifically do that, that I'm making a bigger deal of this than it is, deal. you know, versus right. walking back to the office together and just saying, hey, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of no, like not totally. a big deal. Right. And, and- and that, yeah, you're absolutely right. It does feel that way. But at the end of the day, and this, look, it's, it's sort of a different angle on the same problem, which is that, you know, the same reluctance that you would have of just walking into that office to say, hey, you know, that, 
conversation we just had didn't really go so well. Most of us don't do it because it's uncomfortable and because, as you said, it's making a bigger deal and maybe it'll just blow over. The thing is that what we know about people is that people have patterns of behavior. People behave the same way over and over and over again. And if this is a thing, I mean, obviously there are certain things that just happen and they don't necessarily need to be dissected. But if this is a thing, you know, that's come up before or maybe is really important to you or anything like that, yes, it may feel like a big deal, but not clearing the air is literally like seeding a virus that's just going to grow over time so that, you know, goodness forbid, like the next time you have a Zoom meeting with this person and they do the same thing or they do something similar to that. And it just gets under your skin because now it's the second time and now Mm -hmm. it's the third time. And now all of a sudden it's an even bigger deal if you reach out. It's so much better to just nip it in the bud and get it done because, and this is a data point that I like spew like a hundred times a day, literally about 80% of people who are told that the behavior that they are uh, engendering that's upsetting you or causing trouble or what, whatever, they either don't realize that they're doing it or they realize they're doing it, but they don't know it's a problem and they literally just stop. And so when we sit on it and we don't do something, we are, we are quite literally expanding, extending, and worsening the problem. Yeah, and we're harming ourselves because we're getting all stressed about it, and the person who's doing it has no idea, so they're just kind of living happy lives. So, hey, don't do that to yourself. We've got enough stress in the world. Don't don't make something fester that doesn't need to. 844-942-7866. This is Dr. Dawn on Careers. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are taking all of your job search and career questions. Hey, do you have something that's happening on Zoom, a behavior that's really bugging you that you just like, ah, this has got to stop? Because here's the deal. Zoom meetings are not going away. Even if we go back to the office, chances are you're still going to have a lot of Zoom meetings. So yep. need some help trying to, to to open that conversation. Give us a call, 844-942-7866. We're here with Dr. Jody Foster, who is the host of Help Wanted on Tuesday. Tuesdays at noon right here on Sirius XM 132. And this is another interesting fact that I found, and I do love, I do love statistics, as you know. So Stanford had a research study that re- revealed that the shift from in-person to virtual meetings has really taken a toll on women and that um, one in seven women compared to one in 20 men reported feeling very too extremely fatigued after Zoom calls. And what they found contributed to this, Jody, was was this exhaustion due to what social psychologists call self focused attention so basically looking at yourself all day yep. on camera and I have to say I don't love that I don't love it I so. hear that so much it's so funny you said that I, I hadn't heard that statistic but I hear people talking about that all the time I oh my goodness I look I, I'm looking at myself all day I look so old I need a haircut <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's 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 like this constant thing and it is true that you hear it from the women because of course there's the old data um, I mean, one of my favorite studies from way back, and I don't, I don't have the citation, unfortunately, but it, it's that women of any weight and size and shape are generally dissatisfied with the way they look, and men of most any size and shape generally are pretty satisfied with the way they look. <laughs> so I'm not surprised to hear that one in you know seven women are the ones who are saying, "Oh, I can't, I can't bear to look at myself all day. It is, it's painful." painful for me it is and i have become a huge huge fan of zoom filters and i 
pump it all the way up as well. You know, you can you can actually now put little eyebrows on yourself and lipstick. And Dion, Dion, the, the men are not excluded. You could you could give yourself some funky facial hair if you wanted. Yeah, I'm gonna jump on that. Yeah, I, <laughs> Dion's an in-person kind of guy. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm all over. And then when somebody sends me a an invite for a meeting that is not on Zoom, but it's on another platform. I'm like, no, I can't possibly do this because, right. <laughs> because well, you know, don't understand. Also funny. What I found kind of uh, curious is that pe- people are no longer even considering a phone call. Like, it, it's, it's like I have to talk to you about something for five seconds, and it could easily be something I call you on the phone about, but now everything is a scheduled Zoom meeting, everything. And that's weird, too, I think. We're not even availing ourselves of the different ways of communicating that we have. And I'm finding that more and more. And I even do it. I say, you know, let's just do a phone call. And I think people are relieved. You know, things that used to be a phone call, I think, can can still be a phone call. I mean, obviously, there are some things that may not work that way. But, but yeah, just ask. I think that's one of the biggest things we can do to to maintain our sanity is just say you know let's let's do a phone call instead right. <laughs> it's really really right. easy 844-942-7866 we're so excited to have dr jody foster here who is helping us answer your questions all hour at 844-942-7866 so if it's thursday noon eastern we are here to answer all of your career and job search questions and we are talking about stress in the workplace and things that have happened over the last year that are just causing more anxiety than usual in the workplace because let's face it the the workplace has has anxiety to begin with but i i do think we have a mailbag you've got mail hey dana yes we have marie in illinois emailed in dear dr don with the craziness of the past year i've been reading a lot about managers creating a psychologically safe place space for employees which I take to mean more open to discussions about things like mental health days and being flexible for working parents to manage their schedules. Perhaps I'm wrong and it means something different, but my boss grills me on the rare occasion I need a day off and rarely responds to my emails in a timely manner, but expects me to reply immediately, even on weekends. Is there anything I can do? Aside from being trained from all of the changes from the past year, I'm now highly stressed at work too. Help. Yes, thank you, Dana. And I, I've heard that a lot too, Jody. Psychological yep. safety. We're hearing this, and and you know, we've even had guests on the show who talk about psychological psychological safety. But but I don't see a lot of training going on, and quite frankly. I don't think that's something we should just assume managers or leaders are good at or right. or even know what it is. And so so I definitely can can relate to this problem. So so what can we do here? Oh, uh, it's really tough. I mean, you know, psych- psychological safety is in many ways really an, an attitude. I mean, you know, there's there's the concept of trainings and things like mental health first aid where, you know, the, the um, co-workers and managers are taught to sort of be able to be on the lookout for people who are in some sort of mental health distress and may need some sort of, of uh, intervention. But this is a situation where, you know, the, 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 the culture is saying, hey, we need this to be a safe place where if I have an extenuating circumstance, like I have a, a, you know, a small one at home who's doing online education and it's really getting in the way of my work or whatever it is, that the office or the workplace is going to be able to at least hear it and attempt to make accommodation because it's a reality-based and an extremely, you know, uh, uh, real interfering thing that's going on with, with a person's life. It sounds like this is a work situation where the where the boss is just simply not even considering 
like uh, uh, listening to that or, or having any space or any openness to it. And, uh, I, you know, at some point, I don't know how individuals are going to be able to continue to work in that kind of environment and still get the rest of their life done. So it sounds like, you know, certainly time to – I personally would – if if I didn't feel that appropriate accommodations were being made for the things that I needed to get my job done and my boss was not um, in any way listening to it, I, I think at that point I might actually speak to HR about it. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I think I think HR is a good place to start. I will say I have a bias and I used to work in HR, so, so I feel like I can share this, but I don't think it's as helpful in every organization. No, no, I think they, they are definitely you know, there to protect the organization. And I know that that includes employees, but depending on on their their breadth of training, depending on, you know, who's running the department and, you know, politics, I'm not even going to talk about that. Yeah. There's a lot of internal politics and things like that. I think I think it's hard. I think it's hard for people to 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 take that step because one, they look at it as kind of like a big deal, like I'm I'm telling on my manager. But yeah. two, they worry that it's not going to be helpful. Well, and you know, I'm I'm listening to myself talk and realizing that I'm not taking my own advice, which is really the first step, you know, before you even consider doing that, is a conversation with the boss, you know, to say, hey, you know, this is going on for me, and I, I'm I'm feeling like, uh, you know, you, you're not necessarily appreciating how much more difficult it is for me to get the job done in this circumstance, uh, and can we talk about it more? I mean, that really should be the first step before you go elsewhere, because, it, again, it could be that the boss is so stressed that he or she doesn't necessarily, you know, appreciate um, what other people are going through. No, that totally makes sense. We saw I think that a lot of people saw that that LinkedIn post that went viral of the HSBC manager in the UK. who, who, who This is not funny, actually, um, who suffered a heart attack and, and then, you know, was worried because his boss was expecting something and, you know, kind of had this epiphany like, wow, like, what am I doing? And I think a lot of us get into that realm that we just keep we just keep inching and inching towards that breaking point to the and, and we're not even realizing it. And. And so I guess I guess my, I have two questions because we're still talking about Marie's um, question about dealing with her manager. But how do you know that you're kind of what are the signs and symptoms, Jody, both, at, you know, from a from a mental health perspective, but also from a physical perspective that might say, hey, you really got to take a break. Yeah. You know, this is the I, I'm always going to recommend that people are self-aware and kind of um, take take a look at themselves and inventory themselves. But this is a moment in, in time when it's not just like advice, it's an essential. You have to inventory yourself on a regular basis. How am I feeling? How is my mood? How, you know, what is my level of hopefulness? What am I looking forward to? What do I feel like when I wake up in the morning? And what's on my mind when I go to bed at night? You have to, you know, or if you're not really good at, at self-observation, then Ask the people around you, you know, the people you live with or the people you work with, if, if they have enough interaction with you. How, you know, how am I doing has become an incredibly important question, and it's not such an easy one to answer. And so what happens is that people sort of are drift into not feeling well or being dysphoric in some way, and they don't really even know it until they're like right smack in the middle of it. And so it's a really good practice to just sort of, you know, Take a moment in each day and say, how am I doing and am I doing, you know, what is considered well for me or am I, am I feeling particularly stressed? Am I feeling particularly 
unhappy, dysphoric, hopeless, whatever it is, am I exercising less or is, you know, am I, am I feeling like I don't have energy to do things? Am I, you know, has my eating gone by the wayside? Take a look at the things you're doing and the ways you're doing them because those are going to be, those physical signs are going to be your best piece of, of uh, uh, evidence and, and hints that you, you know, may be moving into territory that's not healthy for you. Yeah, no, I love that. I think a lot of times it starts with the physical because we, we tend to push through the mental, you know, you're yeah. stressed and we tend to just say, I can I can handle this, I got this and I you know, but but then you have stomach issues or you can't sleep or you, oh, you know exactly. things exactly. that you start getting more colds or, or things like that. Your body's like, Look, you are gonna to listen to me one way or another. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Hey, so Marie's question about how to deal with her, her manager who is is not really seeing her needs. I agree. First step is talk to your manager. And I think you need to be really calm. We talked a little bit before, Jody, about how when things build up, you're just ready to explode. Yeah. And so I think I think going in with a an assumption that that your boss is just unaware and will be understanding is going to be much better than going in with a defensive, all Definitely. guns blazing. So I think you kind of yeah. need to set that time aside, take a deep breath and think, you know what? This is just something my boss doesn't understand. Obviously, we hope that works, but if it doesn't, of course, HR is an option um, as well. And, you know, maybe if you're reading all this stuff about psychological safety, I mean, maybe after speaking with your boss, sharing some of that with with him or her and, and talking about it and say, what does this mean to you? And maybe we should be working as a team to create more of this for all of our employees and kind of looking at it as like a team thing. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Jody? Yeah, no, I think that, that, that that's all fantastic advice. You know, like I said, psychological safety is it's an attitude. Uh, in 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 uh, if you get down to it, it's I'm open to hearing what's going on. I'm open to um, you know helping you if you're having trouble. And if that's not the environment that you're in, then you really have to start asking questions about your environment. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. We're here on Dr. Dawn on Careers, taking all of your job search and career questions. We're excited to be here with Dr. Jody Foster, talking about stress in the workplace. And I know that some of you out there listening are dealing with some kind of conflict, and you're wondering how you can resolve it. Um, we would love to hear. But not only that, you may help somebody else who's struggling with the same issue. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So Jody, we've been talking about on the show. We've had a lot of people on talking about the market and what's going to happen. And one of the things that we're hearing over and over is that soon there's going to be this mass exodus because people are just waiting for things to get a little bit more normal. And then everybody's going to change jobs because either all of these problems that have been building up over the last year that haven't been addressed or they've realized, wow, this is not the job for me or I'm too stressed. But um a study by Jobvit said that 42% would turn down an offer if the company lacked diversity in its workforce or had no clear goals for improving diversity in hiring. And I know this has been definitely a big topic of the last year, and we've seen some companies making some positive strides in this area. But what if a candidate, if this is something that's really important to a candidate, and it should be important to all of us, what, what types of things can they look for to make a good decision about that next job? In the realm of diversity? Yes. Oh, I mean, I think you have to ask questions. I mean, as soon as you ask questions in your interview, you let you let your interviewer know that this is something that's important to you. And believe me, if, if the interview, if the person interviewing can speak well to the answer, then I think that, you know, you have a sense that this is 
part of, of the company credo and, and, and um, you know, something that you can ask more about comfortably and, and find out what's going on and, and what kind of, of uh, environment you're in, what kind of education there is, how situations are handled, are they handled equitably, and all these kinds of, of things that are important to you as you make this decision. But I assure you that when you ask that question and the answer you get is a, is a blank look or something sort of very superficial, you're going to you're going to get the information you need. Yeah, no, and I I think that's a really good reason to be having a Zoom interview. But but I think a lot of companies put the, put it on their websites and talk about it, but I think that is not enough. Like like their that's, websites are marketing. That's why I'm saying it. That's why I'm saying. It. I mean, you know, uh, it's very easy to to package something and to, you know, um, say the words that are appropriate to kind of uh, indicate that you're doing the bare minimum of something or even to indicate that you're doing a lot. But if you start talking to people and they can't speak to it, it means that it's not really kind of, you know, uh, making its way to the actual people that you're going to be working with. And that's where those kinds of situations are going to be problematic. Yeah. And I, I do think um, I know a lot of people who are in organizations who are feeling like like this has become a problem and that they have no choice but to make a move to a different organization. So I'm no. wondering if somebody is in an organization and experiencing bias or discrimination in some form or fashion, again, going back to, to Marie's question about psychological safety and creating a more inclusive environment, does does an employee have anything that they can do if, if it's really coming from top? down i really feel like and you know uh, an employee has the right to say this is not okay with me an employee has a right to say i'm not feeling protected in this realm i'm not feeling uh given the same opportunities i'm not feeling recognized and i have to believe and maybe this is just me being you know a naive idealist but i have to believe that with everything going on in the world right now if i were an employer and i heard my employees saying things like that that i would be very, very concerned that I was not taking the appropriate actions and steps to make my office and my workplace a, 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 an equitable, appropriately inclusive, diverse, and friendly one. Yeah, and I, I, I sadly think that that is um, probably on the scale of idealism on, on that side because I know a lot of people just aren't feeling that that it is existent in their, their space, whether it's just their manager or just their department or the company as a whole, and, and they're not feeling like they can do much about it, which means that you're going to have great employees leaving to go to yeah, a competitor. It's such a shame. Like I said, this is this moment in history where it really is or should be okay to say something, to point this out, to say this is a problem. And again, yeah, okay, I can, I can accept if I'm overly idealistic in this <laughs> realm, but I have to believe that any employer who is, you know, has their eyes open at this, at this time and is not doing everything possible to make the environment as inclusive as, as, as they possibly can, they, they have to know that they are really, really heading toward a brick wall. Yep. 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM 132. We take all of your job search and career questions every Thursday. So if you've got some stress about what's going on in your workplace or you just have a schmuck in your office that you're like, how can I deal better with this person because they drive me crazy? We've got Dr. Jody Foster who wrote the book on that to help you all hour long on SiriusXM 132. But now we have to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. 
There is a quiz, and for the past few weeks, we've actually had people calling in to answer and help you, Dion. But I'm going to say you may not need help with this one because it's a music one. Oh, great. And you're a musician. <laughs> so No pressure. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're going to know this one. Um, I didn't know this one, but I think you will. Who performs the guitar solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It? I do know that. I figured you would. 844-942-7866. But the question is, do you out there know that? Hey, you're listening to Sirius XM 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM 132. I'm Dr. Dawn Graham. I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. Hey, if you hadn't heard, we're back live in the studio. And if you want to follow us, you can go to Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham and see all of the things that are coming up. Give us a call 844-942-7866 if it's Thursday, noon Eastern. As always, we're here to take all of your job search and career questions. And today we are talking about stress in the workplace, of which there is much, especially after the last year. And we are very excited to have Dr. Jody Foster, MD, MBA, clinical professor of psychiatry and assistant dean of professionalism at the Perlman School of Medicine. She also is a senior advisor right here at Wharton for the executive MBA program, author of the book, The Schmuck, Schmuck in My Office, and host of her own show, Help Wanted, on Sirius XM Tuesdays at noon. Wow, I I, did, I skipped some stuff, Jody, and I still, like, now we're at the end of the show. It's too tiring, I know. <laughs> you are you a know, busy bee. You know what, Dawn, this is, I, I actually have a question for you, r- r- almost almost relevant to that. Are you seeing, oh, you mentioned this, uh, a statistic like this in, in the earlier half related to diversity and inclusion, but are you seeing as a result of the pandemic that a lot of people are really reconsidering their careers and what they're doing and, yes. and maybe wanting to reboot? Because I am see- I'm feeling it personally, and I am seeing it everywhere. Yeah, and we, we've even had callers call in when we talk about that and be like, yep, I'm in that camp. They're just, they're sitting there, they're scanning the job ads, they're getting their resumes ready, they're maybe working with coaches, and they're not ready to quite pull the trigger yet because either their their ideal job isn't out there or they're just kind of waiting right. to see what's going on with the vaccine and making sure that that's all going to work out. But I think companies are doing that too. Companies are, are I think they're going to have loads of jobs over the summer and fall when they're like, okay, we can hire again. This is life's going back to normal. And I think we're just going to see people like, you know, like the airplane map you see in air traffic controllers moving all over the place, all over the place. Not even, but like different companies for sure, but even different, different fields. Yeah. Yeah. Because people have, um, and there's another statistic on this that that people are making, and I can't remember who did this study, but wildly different (laughs) jobs because I think the pandemic especially depending on your situation, has really caused people to reevaluate. Am I happy where I am? Am I happy what I'm doing? Or or they realize there's so many new up-and-coming fields and technology companies and things where they realize that, wow, I haven't really learned anything new. And they're just like, there's like, I got to make a change. Yeah. You know, um, many years ago when, when I was a psychiatry resident, one of my teachers 
talked about how uh, psychotherapy is really, you know, taking the deck of cards that is your life and just throwing it in the air and like letting it like fall all over the ground. And then having another chance to put the deck of cards of your life together in a different way, you know, and, and that, that, that's the process of psychotherapy. And I feel like that's what's happening with everybody right now. You know, it's like we were in our kind of, uh, 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 our routines and not really thinking about them, almost like automatons just kind of going through. And then suddenly our deck of cards got thrown up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are, you know, for, for many people, they're going to put the cards back the exact way they were before and just keep moving and, you know, and change with, 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 uh, you know, return to whatever quote unquote normalcy there's going to be or not be. But for a lot of other people, it's been an opportunity to just really reevaluate and decide I really wasn't happy doing what I was doing. And now that I have had a chance to take a breath, I want to do something else. Exactly. Or work a different way. I mean, there's there's a lot of statistics out there around people who who hate remote working and then people who love remote working. And I think that, um, you know, the studies out there show that there's there's a number of people who just won't go back to a job if they are going to have to go back in person. And that might be because they had a nightmare commute before. That might mean. You know, they they like spending time at home with their dog or their family or whatever, and or they started a garden and sweatpants. Yeah, Um, I mean, so so I think people have really learned that they can work a different way, and and it's been tried and tested. And so now a lot of people say, hey, if my office is going to make me come back in, I'm going to find another job because this is not where I want to be. So I mean, I I I kind of am excited to see all of this. Yeah, it's pretty cool because you know. I mean, again, as a psychiatrist and for you as a psychologist, what we see are people who are stuck, you know, people who are stuck in doing the things they're doing. They want they want help with making change. And you don't necessarily always have life events that kind of shake it up for you where you're kind of forced to do that. So, you know, in many ways, there's there's again, always trying to see the silver lining on things, but there's there's definitely potentially some therapeutic outcomes to, to some of all of this. Yeah, I think starting something new, getting out of a rut. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of us have gotten into a rut. I mean, I had big plans, Jody, for I'm going to well, have this extra time to do all this yep. stuff, and it started out great, but then eventually <laughs> I'm like, I can't even. I yep. can't even. <laughs> yep. So totally. that, that that jolt of energy you get from something novel is, is really going to be, you know, Great. But I will also say, you know, hiring hasn't changed too much and they really are not great. A lot of companies at hiring switchers, which which hence my book. But but I I think we will get there. I feel like in 10 years, switchers won't even be a thing like switchers will be the norm. But right now, I do think that people are going to struggle a little bit with with that process because because that's just not the way the hiring has worked and companies are going to realize they need to learn yeah. to do this and they're working on it. There's a lot of cool things coming out, but it, but there's going to be a little bit of a rough transition there. Right. Well, and change is scary. Change, change is scary for everybody. And and so it's one thing to come to the conclusion, it's another thing to get over that hump of actually doing something about it. Yeah, exactly. 844-942-7866. Hey, you've got some work issues going on we have the expert dr jody foster is here she hosts help wanted on sirius xm 132 but if it's noon thursday noon eastern we're here live 844-942-7866 i'm your host dr don grant and we have to answer the pre-break quiz which dion knew the answer to because we chatted over the break and um 
I I have to say, though, we also chatted about some other things that really made me scratch my head. And we so. All right. Let me let me do this. Who performs the guitar solo, Dion, on Michael Jackson's Beat It? Eddie Van Halen. That's right. But what did what? But who did you think was in the video? What? <laughs> like, because this was really confusing I know, me. I don't know where I I, I thought I saw him in the video. I thought Slash was in the video because a lot of people think he's on the song, and I thought it was because he was in the video. And I skimmed through the video during the break. I didn't see Slash. So, so yeah, so Jody, I, I feel like I saw you with like a heavy metal T-shirt once. So I'm just feeling. I can definitely see that. Like yesterday. Oh yeah, like I just feel like Jody is like a, a you know an '80s metal aficionado, right? I'm not. I'm not. Oh, sorry. No. Well, <laughs> okay. No, I was I was influenced by my big brothers and sisters, and I'm like stuck in the '60s and you know still Beatles and all that stuff. All right. Well, we were wondering, and we're just going to throw it out to the listeners because <laughs> because now I'm really curious. Dion has seen Slash from Guns N' Roses. Like, what video did I see? <laughs> in a video that was not a Guns N' Roses song. So, and and he can't remember what it was. So now I'm really curious. So if you know what video Slash was in, where. It was not a Guns N' Roses, so not the band he was in. Um, we need to know because it's going to bug me for the rest of the show. But good job yeah. on getting the, the pre-break quiz. Thank you. Yes. Did you ding? Oh, I ding. All right. I missed it. But <laughs> awesome. 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 Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. What video was Slash in that wasn't a Guns N' Roses video? We don't know. Because that's what we're talking about yeah, today. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really critical. Um we are here with Dr. Jody Foster talking all about stress in the workplace, of which we've all experienced greater numbers. And one of the the core populations that has been impacted by this, um, Jody, is working parents for oh, sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so we've seen and, and, you know, just drastic, <laughs> drastic numbers pull out of the workforce because they had to homeschool or, you know, just got juggling. It's too much. So do you think that um, that things are going to shift in this area in terms of companies recognizing that they need to be more family friendly? Well, I mean, it kind of has to. If if I'm not mistaken, the the data shows that a lot of uh, more women than men have had to alter or otherwise leave the workforce to be able to manage this situation. And, you know, I mean, I think that anytime you're finding that you're losing good people over something that if you simply accommodated in some way, you could keep them, then if you're a smart business person, you're going to figure out how to how to make accommodations to help them get through because they have a lot to bring to the table. So do I think it's going to happen? I, all I can say is I hope it's going to happen. But, I mean, it is, you know, it's another full-time job to have little ones, you know, especially on virtual platforms. I mean, my goodness, I was thinking, I was, like, kissing my son, like, every day of this pandemic because he's, like, 14 and can handle himself. Because if I had to do that with him, I just don't even know how, how you can do both things. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah, a survey by FlexJobs said that 1,100 parents with children 18 or younger living at home found 38% had to either reduce their hours or quit entirely, and 62% of working parents said they would quit their current job if they can't continue to work remotely. So that's back to what we were talking about before this. this we've learned how to do this, and a lot of companies are, are ready. I, I've seen this, Jody too. I think 
about six months ago, companies were like, yeah, we're going to go fully remote or we could do remote and, and that's going to work. And then all of a sudden it was like, OK, now you need now I see job ads saying you need to be near one of these offices. And now I'm yeah. seeing that, yep, yeah, we, we're working at home due to COVID, but we expect people back in the office at this date. So I feel like that whole like, oh, this is great. Um, there's going to be a lot more remote options. And there are a lot more remote options. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Flex Jobs is talking about tons of jobs that that are opening up in that area, but but not as many, I think, as we thought. Interesting. I thought I had I had always uh, been hearing pretty consistently that we're looking at two to three days a week back in the office at most industries. Um, but I guess maybe that's changing, you know, with with time and information. Yeah, and I do think there will be at least initially um, hybrid models like that. I do think there yeah. will be less travel, but but the thought that people could live in a remote place and you know still get yeah. a job in in New York City, but live in you know wherever Ohio that yeah. that I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, as yeah. much as much. So well, and you know, and and uh, schools are are already opening back up in so many places, and so you know the issue of virtual education is is you know, hopefully, probably going to diminish significantly. But, you know, the hope is that this has been an eye-opener for employers to see that child care in and of itself is, is sort of a, an added, just like elder care or any kind of care. When you, I, 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 It never ceases to amaze me when I um, am, am sort of faced with people who are having some trouble at work, and then I listen to the stories of what they're contending with at home. You know, and, and obviously it's, it's, it's a, a tremendous... Um, uh, uh, you know, variety of things. But, you know, not everybody can just sort of go to work and come home and that's their whole life. You know, there's other stuff going on. And, and it's really important for employers to kind of now appreciate their employees in a holistic fashion as opposed to uh, just sort of what's going on in the work hour. Yeah. 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM. Dr. Dawn on Careers. Channel 132. We're here with Dr. Jody Foster talking about stress in the workplace. So let's, you talked a little bit, Jody, about symptoms that are indicating you might be stressed out. We see yeah. a lot of data out there that a lot more people are drinking. Um, yeah. A lot more people are, you know, finding drugs, whether prescription yeah. or otherwise. A lot yeah. more people are uh, you know, having trouble in relationships. And these are all signs of the stress. And I, you know, I definitely, definitely uh, think that, that this is a challenge. How does somebody know when things are, you know, they need help? And where can they go to get it? Yeah, so I mean, um, so first of all, as as somebody working with other people, uh, whether it's on Zoom or whatever, being a colleague or a friend and noticing change is really helpful um, because um, you can't always notice things in the eye of the tornado. I, I, I spoke earlier about, you know, that this is a time where self-awareness is really important. But just saying that doesn't mean that you're going to wake up and suddenly be more self-aware than you were the day before. I mean, you can take some steps. But it really has to do with a knowledge of what is baseline for you or your colleague, if you're looking at someone else, and noticing that there's been a change. You know, is the person, um, you know, are, are they crankier? Uh, are they crispier? Are they more likely to kind of um, get stuck in, in the weeds on things? Are they more likely to um, uh, uh, get overwhelmed with their work? If there's been a change from a baseline, that's just sort of your first hint 
that something may be going on and it's worth a little bit more of an exploration. And so, again, from a personal standpoint, it doesn't always like hit you like the minute it's happening. But maybe, you know, you could wake up one day and say, you know what, for the for the past few days, I've been really, really lethargic. Like my energy level is really sapped. And then to sit with yourself and say, what's going on? And, you know, do an inventory, you know, um, am I do Am I, what am I grateful for? If I can't come up with something, that's a problem. You know, what do I feel good about if I can't come up with things? So these personal inventories and taking the moments to, to see how you are doing, to ask yourself how you're doing, just like you would a friend, and, and really look top to bottom at your behavior is a really key thing and a key way to figure out how you're doing. What can you do when you've decided that something's you know, off, well, I mean, there's a whole gamut of self-care things, you know, physical, mental, um, spiritual, um, uh, uh, social, you know, all of the things that you can do to take care of yourself differently. And then there is the idea of reaching out. And I would hope, again, that employers all have something, be it an employee assistance program, um, ideally, be it some sort of uh, developed uh, step care digital platform where people can just reach out. Um, but, you know, help is there in a whole bunch of different ways. It's important as you're doing the self-inventory to figure out what you think would be most helpful for you. you know, yeah. For some people, it may be just coming up with a new hobby, you know. I mean, I started to take Italian classes during this. It's been very therapeutic. You know, just something that might, like, take your mind out of yourself and, and point you to something else. That may be enough for a lot of us who are feeling stressed. But, you know, again, it, it can start really small, and then it can get all the way up to, you know, being seen for medication evaluations or things like that. But all of it's available. Um, it's just a matter of, of making the decision to decide to reach out. Yeah, and that's that's actually the hardest. The first step is the hardest because we can yeah. talk about Talkspace, BetterHelp, which are online platforms for therapy, which have a flat fee between 40 and 70 and actually take uh, accept insurance. We have EAPs, as you mentioned, a lot of companies of employee assistance, which is confidential and in, and in mm -hmm. most cases for the first few sessions free. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, there's community resources. One of my favorite uh, websites is NAMI.org, N-A-M-I.org, which has a ton of resources. But that first step is so hard because you have to do two things. One, you have to admit that that you're in a, a, a dark space and you you need help. And that's hard for a lot of us to admit, especially because we've maybe been so used to being resilient or we're the one in the family who is the rock or whatever that situation is. But but I think that that right there is the hardest step. And then the second is reaching out yeah. for help because one, there's so many resources out there and people don't really under, understand them all or even know what they need. And right. and so that can be overwhelming in and of itself. And you say, hey, I'm just going to toss it in the bag because I this is too complicated. So I do, I do implore people out there, if you're feeling like you are are struggling and you think, nah, it'll get better next week. Nah, it'll get better when, when spring comes. Nah, it'll get better daylight yeah. savings time why why let yourself um right. even even go there there's there's so many options out there and like you said jody it might just be 
uh, an Italian class. It might just be something that you, you know, online games with friends might be something that boosts your mood, something to look forward to, maybe planning a a trip or planning a get together with a friend, maybe that. But, But please, please, please do something because this too shall pass. And right now we're still in the thick of it, but the end is in sight. And I, um, I know that a lot of us are struggling, but good things are are ahead. Uh, Dr. Jody Foster, my colleague, both on SiriusXM and Wharton Executive MBA, thank you so much for being here today. If people have uh, more questions, or um, obviously they can tune into your show Tuesdays noon Eastern, right here on one thirty two. But if they want to check out your book or learn more about you, where can they reach you? Oh, gosh, I'm not on any social media whatsoever. <laughs> that so, that right there I, is I, mental I, health care, right there. I, I quit two social media platforms in the new year, and that has been like a sanity savior. But I am easily accessible anywhere in the Penn Health system. Awesome, awesome. So, hey, we've been talking about a, a pretty heavy topic, but we're all experiencing additional stress right now. If you need help, please reach out NAMI.org. Look at BetterHelp Talkspace. Look in your community. Look at your workplace, EAP. Talk to a friend. There are people out there, and I know as an introvert, isolation is my favorite place to go, but sometimes we just need to step out of that and admit that we're human, and this is a tough time. Hey, you've been listening to Sirius XM. 132. I'm Dr. Don Graham. If you want more information, you can follow me at Dr. Don Graham on Twitter. Big thank you to our guest, Dr. Jody Foster, of course, Dana and Dion, and all of our listeners. We are here for you every Thursday at noon Eastern, and we'll see you next time. Insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.